1: The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. Welcome to the Timeline of Phoenix Suns podcast. The Suns are now 1 and 1 against the Los Angeles Lakers. My name is Mike. I'm here with Sam Sam. How you doing?
2: Well, I hate to say it, but you know, it was a good run. Um, unfortunately this <laughs> the series is over, Mike. We, yeah. we got to pack up and go home. You know, great season uh, all around from from Chris Paul. It's a shame we're going to have to fire Monty, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh look, 30 seconds after the buzzer here we, we literally hopped on the mics immediately after the game um, a lot of things that were not ideal in that game a lot of things that are going to affect the series going forward that I, I really hate that we have to talk about but um the Lakers still look at kind of as vulnerable to me as they did in game one at the same time so you know there's there's a, a good chance in this series uh just didn't get it tonight
1: yeah it's Look, I mean, a lot of this game just boils down to the fact that Chris Paul was not Chris Paul. Exactly. And if Chris Paul is not Chris Paul, it's tough to beat the Lakers. And and even with that, without, I think, some cheap fouls at the beginning of the game, specifically Jay Crowder, I think getting him out of the game early really affected the Suns. I think the Suns would have had a chance to steal this one. And even still, they did. Even sustaining those Dario Saric minutes that didn't go very well. But the basics of it is, without Chris Paul on the floor, you can really focus your defense on Devin Booker in a way that you couldn't otherwise. Now, Devin Booker, I think, still played relatively well outside of... I think the first half, he was trying to be more of the point guard, knowing that Chris Paul couldn't. And uh, once I think he refocused and and... and look to score more really uh I think he played relatively well but yeah I think that's the main story of the game there's a lot of stuff to talk about still I think but you know Chris Paul's health and how long this injury will linger is what's going to dictate the rest of the series more than anything else
2: yeah and I saw some people pointing out that that the sort of compression wrap he was wearing was not look I don't want to speculate but not exactly a stinger yeah. <laughs> as it was as it was said before the game you know yeah. this is it's it's scaring me that this is an issue that could persist throughout the series because so much of the sun's advantage over the lakers stems from being a dynamic guard driven jump shooting team mm-hmm. we've talked about like you know in the past even secret weapons being you bring out all three guards you play them at once well if chris paul is not a scoring threat it's 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 hard it it becomes it becomes really really hard you know i thought you didn't get the best game out of Devin Booker and and uh today, but you got a good game. You got still a very good game out of mm-hmm. Devin Booker, and you got a great game out of Campaign. And if that's still not enough to get it done, it's it's gonna be tough.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Cameron Payne uh you know, I think he ended six for fifteen like this it's weird that doesn't look perfect, but you know, really, really good scoring game by him, I thought. And even DeAndre Ayton, who uh, was eleven for thirteen? Another game where he's just dominating by just really taking shots right under the basket. I think one shot was not you sure? a dunk. Basically, are you sure
2: you don't want to? You sure you don't want to elaborate on that a little bit? Oh are yeah, we're gonna talk about Da's do. performance. All right, later, yeah, yeah, later, I, later.
1: I, no, no, we can get into it right now because okay, Aiton Aiton was <laughs> properly focused in the second half. I think in a way that he was not in the first half. I the, thought, yeah, yeah. The way that the Lakers were defending the Suns was essentially blitzing ball handlers on drives, uh, and and essentially saying, "We're going to concede whatever you can give eight and under the basket in order to contain drives by guards as much as possible," and and I think this is this is the style of defense that you play against a team that is capable of shooting mid range shots. Right? Because the bigs are now essentially almost fronting DeAndre Ayton on those drives because that drop coverage comes up a little bit higher in order to stop Devin Booker or Chris Paul from shooting those mid-range shots that they feasted on uh, throughout the entire season. So if they do that, then DeAndre Ayton is essentially left open under the rim. If he's able to catch the pass, it's an automatic dunk because they're out, they're way out of position. So he was able to do that. But to me, any center can do that in, in a lot of <laughs> in, the way that they were playing defense. Well, Ait- but, 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 I, I wouldn't
2: say that. I wouldn't say that. No, you're right. It's, I think it, being being a finisher is a legitimate skill, and Aiden right. should get credit. You know, like Andre Drummond couldn't do that, just to, to think about the other side for <laughs> a second. <laughs>
1: That's very true. That's a very good point. But I guess my point is, outside of that, what Aiden needs to do is focus on boxing out and focus on right. containing <laughs> drives for the Suns, and that focus I don't think was there in the first half. In, you know, if you combine that lack of focus, I think, by DeAndre Ayton, uh, doing the energy stuff, and I don't think it's a coincidence that when they went to the uh, the Wired segment or whatever TNT calls it for Monty Williams, he was focusing on energy from DeAndre Ayton. He was really coaching up DeAndre Ayton in that first half. If you combine Devin Booker's too many turnovers and a lack of scoring in the first half with uh, DeAndre Ayton not doing the energy stuff on defense and rebounding, that's not. That's a recipe to, to go down early, especially with some Sarich minutes mixed well, in Well,
2: I, I wanted to say, I want to be very clear. We're not throwing DeAndre Ayton. This was a seven-point loss. Oh, I'm no. not throwing, I, and I know you're not either, so I can I, say we're not. I thought we're he was not, really
1: good in the second half, in fact. Right.
2: We're not throwing DeAndre Ayton under the bus. He's not responsible for the loss here. It's just, you know, you you took a you take a cursory glance at the box score. You see 22 and 10 on, on 11 of 13 shooting. I think sometimes there's a little bit more than... Uh, To that than meets the eye, um. If you want to talk about blaming anyone, and I hate to do this, but maybe I don't hate to do this. Dario Saric played some of the most disastrous minutes I've seen, like ever. Yeah. (laughs) Especially, you know, definitely from him. And he's had he's had some bad games in the second half of the season. But that stint, you were right. The calls, the calls really killed me tonight. Not in the sense that I thought it was biased officiating, because because really it wasn't. I mean, Booker had seventeen free throws, uh, but. Getting a couple of ticky tack uh, calls on Crowder earlier in the game that brought Sharj into the game where he's not recognized as a spacing threat on offense. He's not recognized as a threat to attack closeouts, and he he got two turnovers in a row trying to attack a closeout and then throwing a, a weak pass. And then on defense, being a guy who, again, we saw another straight game where LeBron was relatively passive, a second game in a row where over 50% of LeBron's shot volume came from three. That should, yeah. that should be, in my opinion, you know, we could talk about this. The Lakers won the game, but if I'm a Lakers fan right now, yeah. I'm thinking I can maybe get by the Suns, but there are some serious red flags being raised about is this actually a contest? I- Team. And I, I, I think totally you could agree. you could say that about any team in the West right now. As we're speaking, it's looking like the Clippers might be about to go down 2-0. The Jazz lost their first game, but they're in as much trouble as, as anyone else. So by no means was this the Lakers ran away with it. AD no. and LeBron dominated. No. Uh, LeBron really did not dominate this game at all. He was forced into tough jump shots, many of which he missed. Um, but anyway, sorry, back to the original point, Sharich, when Sharich was in the game, he was like the one guy LeBron was willing to attack. <laughs> and so yeah. right there in that first quarter, I know they battled back. They made it a close game by the fourth, but just that from the get go was demoralizing that Monty had to adjust his rotations like that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really tough. And, and we could talk about potential adjustments, um, there, but I think you're right. I, just on your point about the Lakers, Uh, LeBron James is essentially playing like the last run of Jason Kidd. It's not quite what you're expecting of LeBron James. He's playing point guard and he's shooting threes. Like that's not quite LeBron. I mean, he's very, he's still, the thing about LeBron is that he still has LeBron's brain. So he's still very, 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 very good at that. And they can still be successful doing that. But I think if you're a Lakers fan, you're right. If you're looking at the rest of the West, you're a little scared. And even if you're looking at a, a potential of a healthy Chris Paul, which who knows what the Likelihood of that even is at this point, that's something that should scare you because I think a healthy Chris Paul, the Suns can win this game relatively easily. I don't like the way, as far as the way the Lakers were defending the Suns, I don't think that's a sustainable thing if you have multiple guards that are able to attack off the dribble instead of essentially just one and then Cameron Payne just sort of turning into a flamethrower for a few minutes. Because look, the Marcus Olemanets did not impress me at all they're still somehow refusing to really go to Anthony Davis at center for extended minutes at a time and mm-hmm. look Drummond can do some things I think he punished the Suns in the first half specifically
2: he's annoying as fuck straight yeah. up I mean he he played well tonight and and I think this is a night where uh, we recognize that he has a lot of weaknesses and whatever. But this is a night where sometimes some sects of NBA Twitter need to shut the fuck up and and be like, yeah, he obviously has value because he dominated the the Suns on the offensive glass.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he can do that. But I think the Suns still have ways to attack that. That totally, totally, and and yeah. just he's too slow footed. And Mark yeah, it doesn't make it, it doesn't slower. make him a good defender. Yeah, sure. exactly. So the Suns can still take advantage of those of those things with, with proper guard play, it's just tough, man. You, I mean, there was an argument on who the best Suns player was this season. You're taking one of those two guys away, essentially, and it's it, it, it just becomes... <laughs> I, I mean, I hate to say it, but if, if this is Chris Paul for the rest of the series, the Suns can't win. They, I just don't think they can. Uh, it would They maybe can steal one, maybe even steal two and make, them, make it go to seven games, but uh, Chris Paul will have to get healthy in order for them to do it. But if Chris Paul can get healthy... I still think they have a good chance against this team going forward. I just don't really I don't really like the Suns matchup for for the I don't really like the Lakers matchup against the Suns if the Suns are fully healthy. I just don't see how they defend a lot of the things that the Suns are doing unless of course LeBron James also becomes LeBron James again.
2: Yeah, uh, just on the LeBron point there, like I'm looking a couple years ago at his playoff stats, his last couple years with Cleveland. Um, 2017 he averaged nine free throw attempts per game in the playoffs 2018 9.7 even last year he was at 7.1 in their finals run and then this year so far seven combined free throw attempts through the first two games for LeBron James is really crazy that he's playing that way and like Look, good for Anthony Davis that, that he had a bounce back game today, I guess, got bailed out a lot and, and got to the free throw line as often as he did. Mm-hmm. He still did not look good when you turned him into a jump shooter. And he still was not doing the, the types of counters that I know Lakers fans want out of Anthony Davis, where you really get him going downhill from the top of the key. He still wasn't doing that for the most part in this game. He, so yeah. he, he got 34 points. It, it was not an especially terrifying 34 points, especially he instilled no confidence uh, in, if I were a Lakers fan in his ability to run the offense with LeBron off the court. Again, the Lakers offense was a disaster when LeBron was off the court and LeBron again played less than 40 minutes, which is that benchmark that I've been looking at for this entire series. I think he might log less than 40 minutes in every single game. So yeah, there's ways to beat this team. There's ways to beat this team. I mean, they shot 30% from deep, uh, tonight they shot 27% the other night. Their supporting cast kind of sucks. It, yeah. Honestly, I mean, I mean, I'll give credit to Drummond because he destroyed the Suns. He's the one who is such a bad matchup for the Suns on the glass. I will give credit to Anthony Davis for the bounce back game. Also, Dennis Schroeder played well tonight. Um, you know, the Suns still aren't like afraid of Schroeder. They go under every single screen, um, but he was able to capitalize regardless and get to the rim, put some pressure on the rim. So I give him credit for that. But otherwise, the the Lakers role players. I mean, just get this. You had 34 from Davis, 23 from LeBron, 24 from Schroeder, and 15 from Drummond. Then combined, the rest of the team, Contavious Caldwell-Poe, Marquise Morris, Kyle Kuzma, Marcus Saul, Wesley Matthews, Alex Caruso, and Horton Tucker. The rest of the entire team combined for, let me do some quick maths, 13 points.
1: Wow. Yeah.
2: 13 points from everyone else. No no spot-up shooting. No, like, you know, post work from Marcus Saul or anything like that. No Alex Caruso or anyone, like, attacking closeouts and driving to the rim. No off-ball cuts. Nothing. There was no other offense there. So it, it, really, it really just becomes a story. It's not that the Lakers are some juggerna- uh, juggernaut. They're just not. It becomes a story of how do you attack their defense, which has been very, very good at shutting the Suns down, especially without a healthy Chris Paul.
1: Yeah, and I, I also think that, look, before the series even started, on this podcast, when we were doing our preview, I said, at this point, I think the Suns might have to try to match LeBron James's minutes with DeAndre Ayton, even if DeAndre Ayton is not guarding LeBron James, because Saric becomes such a target for LeBron James. And at some point, Monty Williams has to adjust to sort of the reality that is LeBron James at this point. Because what what he's been doing is is playing him as if he was LeBron of old. And LeBron at some point has to prove that he's LeBron of old in order for the Suns to, to play him like that. And what I mean by that is, I don't think you can get away of, with Torrey Craig at center uh, for the Suns. But I don't think there's any reason to play Dario Saric with DeAndre Ayton at this point. Yes, you could put Torrey Craig. Look, I think Cam Johnson did a good job on both uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James in this game. So if you have Cameron Johnson in, you can put him on either one of those guys. And then you got to play Torrey Craig minutes if you're forced to take somebody like Jay Crowder out. The the first option should no longer be Dario Saric until LeBron James forces your hand. Because what we're seeing is the only time he becomes that LeBron James is when Dario Saric is on the floor. So find ways to keep DeAndre Ayton on there and and play him as if he's going to be more of a jump shooter until he proves to you that he's not going to be that that's
2: what Is I there do. is there a chance that lebron is hustling us
1: i mean it's possible or is I, his
2: body really really just doesn't have it i i just think it's funny because yeah it's it, and people were saying this to me on twitter tonight they were like why if lebron's not gonna attack why go under every screen you know, respect the shot, since that's the only thing he has right now, and I, I don't hate the idea, I'm just wondering, like, you know, I think the second you start going over that screen on LeBron, he's gonna find a way to be LeBron James, the LeBron James of old again, and that's when he starts attacking and, and gets his way to 30 points at the rim, when you don't really have that protection uh, from behind, so yeah, he's, he's an enigma right now, I just think it's so fascinating that the Suns lost this game, but it was a hard-fought game, and LeBron did not look like he just he wasn't the best player on the court again.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting point. But, you know, Anthony Davis, the the tough part with Anthony Davis particularly, because what you, what you were describing is you're saying that Anthony Davis wasn't uh, putting his head down driving to the rim. The thing is, is when he did that, he was getting fouled every single time. So you can say that he kind of was doing that, at least a lot more than game one. And the Suns were just bailing him out with fouls. If you can find a way to no longer foul Anthony Davis on that, you have to test his tr- his trust in himself to not get injured. Essentially, because I think a lot of Anthony Davis's fear driving to the basket is to is his body. I think he's trying to keep his body uh, healthy as much as possible for the long run in the playoffs. And uh, look, it's tough. I'm not going to say it's easy to to not foul. Anthony Davis it's it's very Joel Embiid ish if you can catch the ball from 16 17 feet and do that one or two dribble drive to the basket if you're a big man you can get around someone if you're around someone it's really difficult to get in front of a big man and not foul Uh, but the Suns need to find ways to do that it's especially tough with with Anthony Davis too because uh, he did well in this game on help I think he had something like six or seven assists by the end of the game and it's tough to double him, so you have to find ways to double him once he starts to put the ball on the floor instead of when he's uh, just standing there because I think he'll find yep. the right guy. It's a little tougher to make that pass on the move than it is when you're just standing still.
2: No, for sure. The Suns will have kind of a, a, a lot more discreet help, which I think they've actually, especially Aiden, when he was... We're driven
0: by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need
2: Indeed. Locked in in the second half, they do a good job of like they send a help defender from the baseline up to swarm Anthony Davis, and you kind of if you're watching, you can kind of see like Aiton's in there. He's got one foot in the paint at all times. He's making sure he doesn't get the three second call because he's mm-hmm. kind of roaming, but he's waiting there um, when when Davis is in the post. And I think you know I think that's just kind of the way you got to continue to play him. I don't I don't think there's. Much of a defensive adjustment to be made on Anthony Davis based on based on this game. I just don't. Um, I think LeBron is still the guy you're game planning for. And if Davis gets a couple 30 point games on, on okay efficiency, you know, and has to get bailed out, most importantly, has to get bailed out by whistles. You live with that.
3: The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which
2: you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff.
1: legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history relive their decade of dominance in the new showtime sports documentary the kings a four-part series premiering sunday june 6th only on showtime
2: Um, i think where we could talk about adjustments let's talk about offense that's the problem right now um you know let's say for game three and i really really hope this is not the case if chris paul is 50% of of what he is normally again what are your thoughts
1: uh well that's that's an interesting thought because i don't know that he was even 50% in this game do you think do you think he was uh,
2: i don't know i mean he found his way to a couple baskets but the passes weren't on point he's yeah, he probably off. he's getting he rid of probably, the ball quickly probably 30 30% yeah. of what he is like i'll put it this way he played 23 minutes campaign played 33 would anyone have minded if Cam had just gotten like forty minutes and Chris Paul played like ten or fifteen? Probably not. I I think he was that much of a downgrade over from uh from pain today. Yeah, I I hope the couple days makes a difference. Um, the Wings did not instill much confidence today either. No, and I think I mean, it's you know,
1: yeah. I mean, the the reality is, I think Jay Crowder was still good in the minutes that he played. The foul, the especially the second foul was dumb. Uh, look, he got kicked in the balls too. Like that, that's not fun. I mean, that can throw you off an entire game. But I think Jay Crowder was still good. Two for eight. That's going to happen with Jay Crowder every once in a while. The Suns need more from Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges off offensively. Like they straight I underst- up do. I I understand that he's guarding one of the greatest players of all time, and it takes a lot of effort and energy to do that. Uh, so I know it's asking a lot of him to also be who he is. But look, six points is well below what he's capable of. And I know he's playing look, in this game. He didn't even play a lot of minutes, like 26. Well, minutes. He,
2: he was played. He was played off the floor by cam Johnson because cam Johnson hit those two threes to end the third quarter.
1: Yeah. And cam Johnson was also playing excellent defense. Uh, so it's a tough thing that he just needs to do more on offense. And that's finding the seams in his cuts. The, the Lakers are very good at reaching into those passing lanes. So I know that's hard. Even if he does cut, getting the ball to him is still going to be difficult making shots is still important and just being a little bit more aggressive there were multiple times and I thought about you Sam because you've made this point many times uh where he stepped into the lane and he took a shot and he's just fading away from contact and the defense is out of position in a way that would guarantee him free throws if he just leaned into the contact at some point you have to make that adjustment because he can get those fouls because when he's catching it on the move or he's catching it and immediately driving, they're out of position because they don't expect yeah. him to do that. So he has to lean into that contact.
2: He's he's easily dissuaded. Like there was one ATO that the Suns ran, I think, in the third quarter. I can't remember exactly, yeah. but it was that play. It was the Blake Griffin play. I don't know yeah. what it's actually called, yeah. but it's like he catches it um, on like kind of a fake handoff and then dives towards the rim he got hacked there was no call you could see him mouthing afterwards you know that's bullshit like and I think those sorts of plays it's like he wants to protect his body too which from where I'm standing is totally reasonable it's just in a game like this where the refs were giving you that call more often than they weren't he really needs to take ownership of his offensive role a little bit and, and, and understand that he, he can't just be Jay Crowder or Cam Johnson. We really need him yeah. to be a little bit more. And, you know, to bring up a, an even greater point, I think it's great that we're talking about this. Like, accountability is important for Mikael Bridges because I think some, some Suns fans get this idea. Like, they get their panties in a twist and complain about the Suns community at large treating Bridges like, you know, he's some golden child and then complain about why do we give DeAndre Ayton the treatment he gets. And they speculate as to it's all about draft positioning, which... I think in a lot of cases is what it comes down to. But I think it's important here. Like, you know, we got on DA at the beginning of this episode. He still had overwhelmingly a good game, I think. Now we need Bridges to do more. We just straight up do. Like, you know, he averaged 13 and a half points per game in, in the regular season. He can't average five or six in the playoffs and see us survive against a team that's theoretically a contender.
1: Yeah, but he, here's here's the reason why Bridges is treated that way. He rarely makes mistakes. Now, there's a difference between making a mistake that's effort-related and missing a shot. Shots don't always go in. Averages tend to win out uh, when it comes to shooting shots. So I don't get mad when players miss shots consistently. I do get mad when players make mistakes effort-wise. And I think for Mikhail Bridges in this specific game... There was a little bit of both. Look, you can miss the shots. You're going to miss the shots, but you have to find ways to not let the defense allow you to shoot a shot that you don't want to shoot just because, uh, just because of the way they're playing you. You can find ways to get to the free throw line in that case. And look, I'm not one. I'm not one to say that if your three point shots are not falling, get to the free throw line because that's actually very difficult to do. And I think people tend to act like it's an easy thing to just go get fouled and shoot free throws. Yeah, I don't I don't think he needs to
2: change his like overall shot portfolio at all. I think he can keep the same like quote. He does not yeah. operate by a quota cuz no I mean it's stupid to like keep players in rigid defined roles where it's like okay 60 percent of your shots are going to be threes or whatever so that's not what i'm talking about but what i'm saying is bridges should continue to shoot threes at the same rate he's always been doing it all i want from him is when you do drive because that's something he does do now look to embrace the contact a little bit more you'll up your you'll up your scoring averages a little bit just by doing that
1: yeah and it's just look without chris paul somebody else has to step up now we expected that to be Cameron Payne, right? I, I, t- I gave you guys a guarantee that he was going to score more than 14 points. He ended up with 19 in this game. But it has to be someone else, too. Because with Cameron Payne, is he's essentially playing that Chris Paul role... By the way, seven assists. He was just so phenomenal in this game. I know it's. I mean, we talk. We here.
2: talk about um the the dump off passes that Aiton got that like made it look so easy for him. A few of those came from Cameron Payne. Yeah, they were. He was really good. Just at. Yeah, but that's like that's what the Suns do well, right? Is they run that pick and roll offense. Like Aiton is just a very strong pick and roll big. Unfortunately, the Lakers are good at shutting that down. So you have to go to your counters. And and we saw it towards the end of the game too, right? Like when they started switching. Um, there were a couple possessions there, were a few possessions there at the end where the Lakers just switched every off-ball screen and did not yes. allow the Suns to have everything. There was that one possession where the Suns ate up the entire clock, tried to feed Aiton in the post twice on Alex Caruso, tried to again. feed eight and that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking like, you know what? It would be so nice if this worked. But it's just a fantasy that it does. Like you're thinking he's so much bigger than Caruso, he should just be able to embrace that and attack. But immediately he he kinda seized up a little bit his body and, and he just he froze. Um for, for just that split second, which allowed Anthony Davis to come over as the roaming defender and swat the shit out of the ball. So
1: Yeah, and not to mention sucks. Anthony Davis is also the guy guarding the pass. And Anthony Davis is massive with long arms and good reflexes. Like it's not it's not just that it's difficult for DeAndre Ayton to to do anything once he gets the ball. It's also impossible to get him the ball because of the way that the Lakers load up in the passing lanes. Like that just does not work against this team. You can't do it. Trust DeAndre Ayton to get the offensive rebound and use your guards to attack the bigs in mismatches. Yes, Anthony Davis yeah. is a good defender. Get a shot over him. Trust that DeAndre Ayton can get that rebound because Alex Caruso is the one boxing him out. You just have to do that. One thing I did like uh late in the game
2: when they were switching and and Obviously, it didn't work, you know, because they lost the game. But I like it. Uh, is a lot of guard for guard screens. Yes, like that's that's, that's something. Yeah, that's something we've talked about early on in the season. It's like if you're really trying to target a matchup, but you're not confident enough in Aiton to be that guy who punishes in the post. Well, the benefit of having Devin Booker healthy and Devin Booker being good is he's six six. So right. they had campaigns setting a, a a lot of screens for him and like getting shrewder on Booker. At that point, you know, it's still going to be tough for Booker. He, there's still going to be aggressive help at the nail for the Lakers. He still has to make difficult shots, but doing whatever you can to kind of have obscure sort of odd players set the screen, get a better matchup onto Booker late in the game. And, you know, they tried. Um, Book, again, Booker obviously played well. He got fouled by Shooter a couple times at the end there, got to the free throw line. But uh, ultimately, they weren't able to execute enough uh, other offense to get all the way.
1: Yeah, I was glad that they did that. It was something that Tim asked us about uh, in our last episode. He specifically said if the Lakers start to trap or switch everything, what do you expect? And that's exactly what I anticipated. More different guys setting screens than Deandre Ayton because those traps with Anthony Davis become pretty hard to pass out of, and if you can if you can get somebody else on those switches, then you can then you can do more with it. Now, I just want to say how incredible it is that I remember uh, two years ago, James Harden was just getting doubled with the ball, dribbling at the three-point line. And you just, you know, how insane and how crazy it was that a player had to be defended like that. And that's where Devin Booker is now at with his development. If Devin Booker has a mismatch, if Devin Booker has Schroeder, they're sending another guy even if there's no screen. Like, they're not even letting him attack that one-on-one. Now that becomes very difficult for him. The Suns have to find ways for him to catch the ball, I think, under the uh, three-point line in some scenarios where he can do work with less dribbling. And also, if the help comes, it opens up shooters in ways that passing lanes become a little bit easier. If you're behind the three-point line and you're getting doubled when you catch the ball, it's difficult to get the ball out. You're, you're basically throwing it to a guy that's close to half court and hoping they can create from that position. If he catches it under the three-point line, if he comes around those little screens and he catches it there, if they start to double from there, the passes to shooters become a lot easier. So they have to find ways to get Devin Booker the ball in different positions if they're going to continue. This is assuming Chris Paul's not, not healthy, right? Because if Chris Paul's healthy, Devin Booker could g- give it to him at the three-point line and he can hit a pull-up three. He can hit that mid-range. There's lots more options. Uh,
2: let, let's wind down on a little bit more of an optimistic note. What about if Chris Paul is better? for game three. What does that look like in your opinion?
1: Well, I think that the Lakers probably will have to go to Anthony Davis at center at some point, if, if that were the case. And then you have Deandre Ayton, uh, feasting on rebounds. And I think that benefits the suns in a lot of ways. Like, because if, if you have Chris Paul healthy, you just can't play Mark Gasol. First of all, you can't, and you can't really play Montrez Harrell either because Montrez Harrell is a terrible pick and roll defender. They're just going to run that Spain pick and roll until he's out. Uh, so if if you if you take away their ability to play uh, Marcus, they'll probably still start with Drummond. It seems like something they're very insistent on doing, and then eventually they'll they'll probably get to that AD at center lineup quicker. And if that's the case, I still think the Suns have a pretty good opportunity to play relatively well. The main thing is Devin Booker does not have to play point guard, even if Chris Paul is not fully healthy. Be the shooting guard. Be the guy who scores from the beginning of the game make them foul you put them in positions to make bad decisions from the beginning and if you can do that if you're Devin Booker from the beginning that will open up players as the game moves along including players like Chris Ball if Chris Ball's healthy I think the Suns can steal one in LA and that's really all they need to do come back with home court just advantage steal one and you have an advantage yeah
2: just steal one please do anything to retain the home court advantage you know it, it doesn't necessarily spell doomsday for the suns if they lose game three obviously i want them to win game three but they just need one of the next two match what the lakers did um yeah. and come back at home uh how thankful are we though for campaign that like we actually have a serviceable backup again we've talked about it before mm-hmm. but just the thing we were most afraid of booker for all of his strengths when he gets the ball and is playing that point guard position uh, or not even like literally the point guard position, but when he's just the play initiator who handles the ball for 20 seconds out of the 24 on the shot clock, they they find ways to get turnovers <laughs> out of him. They find ways to get him to bobble the ball and give it up. And so to have a competent guy who can run the set and allow Booker to move off ball and and get into position where he doesn't have to manage that entire load is just so huge. Um, I know I know we've already praised Campaign in this episode, but it's just like he's he's awesome. Given that we just did yeah. not expect him to be able to fill. Chris Paul's shoes, like, whatsoever <laughs> at the beginning of the season. We were questioning if he could even, you know, handle 12 minutes off the bench by himself. And, uh, and yeah, he's here he is, and he's doing it.
1: It's not just Devin Booker. Every player, in order to win in the playoffs, needs secondary guys that can score. I, I think the stat is no player with a 35% usage rate or higher has ever won a championship, like, with a star with that high of a usage rate. It just doesn't happen. You have to find ways for other guys to contribute. And I think with... Uh, Cameron Payne's still playing well that's going to help a lot if Chris Paul can get healthy that'll help a lot I think if you if you have if you're forced to take and I think Cameron Johnson earned it if you're forced to take Jay Crowder out give Cameron Payne or Cameron Johnson more minutes he can defend he's still capable of defending these guys in their current form you uh, look Cameron Johnson's not perfect against LeBron James but I think his offense and his spacing allows enough because when Dario Saric was in there, it's too easy. It's too easy to defend Devin Booker in that case. Find ways to give those guys minutes, and uh, and
2: Craig uh, Craig wouldn't have helped either. In, in I don't that think case. he would. It's, I think people he, were sort w- of
1: demanding him, and I'm like, I just don't. I wouldn't. He I wouldn't only guard played.
2: Him. He only played five minutes, and that's why you know I I saw it's because we saw games at the end of the season. I love Tori Craig. He's you know he hustles. He gets on the offensive glass. Something that against a team like the Lakers, the Suns arguably need. But we saw in games without Jay Crowder at the end of the season when Craig played 30 minutes in some games, and they just don't guard him out there. They they do not give a shit about his shot. So he has those faults. You know, I think he would maybe be a better matchup in some other teams that we could play in the playoffs, and you could get away with playing him 15 or 20 minutes, but this is not one of those teams. Yeah. And um, yeah, Cam Johnson is going to continue to play. He, he shot two for four, not exactly high volume today, but those two shots at the end of the third quarter were so huge.
1: And good defense. Yeah, that's the other part is you can't play in the playoffs unless you're right. defending.
2: I, I guess what I just want to say, like I think Craig could give you the same defense. I yeah, think he could. Yeah, that's true.
1: But that's a good point. That is a good point. And Craig, I think, would be better on the rebounds. Although, you know, I think Cameron Johnson is is a is a relatively good rebounder for his position. He's good at I mean, how about out. that
2: play? Like I'm thinking about that play too where Cam attacked a closeout. He had a shot in the corner. And flipped a beautiful bounce pocket pass. I know we're yeah. afraid of bounce passes to DeAndre Ayton. Oh, but if like he's wide one, open,
1: it's different. It's in traffic one, or it's dangerous.
2: Yeah, this one was pretty, and it's like I don't know about I don't know if Craig's making that
1: pass either. But yeah, I'm not even sure. I'm, I I think he would look to shoot that. Uh, in in most cases, um, I think there are main things. I guess we talked about a lot of things that that Monty Williams can do. We're going to keep this one relatively short since there's another game in two days. I think get rid of just a few obvious things. Get rid of the Dario Saritz DeAndre eight minutes. Trust that your wings can defend in those scenarios. And let DeAndre Ayton stay on Andre Drummond or whoever's on center in order to neutralize their rebounding advantage because they have not shown that they're willing to attack the sort of mismatches in ways that makes me scared. Um, so that's the first thing I would say. Devin Booker, shoot more <laughs> in the first half of the game. Don't be afraid to put that kind of pressure on them. Uh, up Cameron Johnson's minutes if Jay Crowder gets played off the floor in foul trouble. Those are the main things that I would look for. Uh, is there anything else that stands out to you before we end this one?
2: Those are all the main points that we covered today. I would also just add daily prayer circle for Chris Paul's health. Yeah, And uh, I, would, I would gladly offer a shoulder transplant if I could.
1: <laughs> exactly. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll record again after the Thursday game. Hopefully, we come back uh, on with a 2-1 lead for the Phoenix Suns. Thanks. Dope. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.